Welcome to episode 82 of the Gluns for Punishment podcast, or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lapore and Anthony Bruno. He's Lapore. I'm Bruno. Thank you so much for listening and watching us on YouTube as well. The Toronto Maple Leafs are on fire right now. They've won four games in a row. They're 10-1-3 in the month of November, and they are a perfect 3-0 since our last podcast. So we're going to break down everything that's gone down with the Leafs over the last week or so. We're going to give you our thoughts and opinions on how good this team is right now. Has anything changed from last season? Can they actually make a run in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year? So we're going to give you all our thoughts on that. We're going to talk about Connor McDavid, some other things happening around the NHL. So I promise you want to stay tuned until the very end. But before we get into all that, it is time to welcome in my partner in crime, Mr. Michael Lapore, how you doing, man? As usual, Andy Bruno, on the days I'm recording a pod, I am doing absolutely fantastic. Very excited to get going. Episode number 82 of the Gluns for Punishment podcast. Shout out goes to Philip Kral, 23-year-old defenseman from the Czech Republic. Normally, I'd be pretty excited about an up-and-coming defenseman for the Leafs because we've had so many problems in that area. Uh, over the course of our history, but with the absolute juggernaut that is the Toronto Maple Leafs D right now, I'm okay with Crawl just staying in the minors and keeping his seat warm there. So shout out to Phil Crawl, episode 82, number 82, and the only player in the history of the organization to rock that number. Lapore, with the way the Leafs are playing right now, me and you could be their third defense yeah. pairing, and they'd still know, be man. winning games. I got I slow feet. I got slow feet. I don't know about that. All right, buddy. Let's get straight into this, all right? Sure. So the Leafs are on fire right now, and Leafs haters, they have nothing to say. I don't see them in the comments section right now. Usually they're flooding the comments, telling us how trash the Leafs are. It's the same song and dance. They're going to get knocked out in the first round. Well, I, I will say this. People still make, you know, they're going to get knocked out in the first round joke. Of course. That's, that's a 24-7, 365 Leafs joke. That's never going to go away. Yeah. But Lapore, man, this team, after getting off to a really slow start, is now 10-1-3 over the last 14 games. They've won four in a row. They cleaned up on their road trip. Defensively, they've been really good. At five-on-five, five, they're starting to pick it up. What do you make of what we're seeing right now? Because it's a lot, it's very similar to what we saw last season. Slow start you know, catch fire right now, Lapore, they're on a 113 point pace. So what do we make of all this? Like, has anything changed from last season? Is this team really good? I think, well, this team is really good. I mean, there's no argument about that, but I will say if I'm being completely honest with myself, if I go back to the start of the Matthews era, this team has progressed. I'll admit early in the Matthews era when that team, even after the first year, the second, the third year, when they were making the playoffs, I still sense that kind of immaturity and lack of sort of just oomph that the Leafs had. And I never really had that high of expectations when it came to making a run in the playoffs. Then came the COVID year, the bubble year, and the team was slapping the other Canadian teams in the face. They were scoring like crazy. Their winning pace was unbelievable, like historically good. But again, deep down, there was that thing in me that was like, yeah, I think we can win a round or two. But I think once we get to the big dogs, I don't know. I don't know. And then last year, last year, I was pretty convinced. 
I really was truly convinced because that team had minus that slow, slow start had a, a super consistent regular season. I remember Spezza talking about it once and he couldn't believe just how the team just kept on winning and kept their pace going throughout the whole season. And as far as leaf season goes, leaf seasons go, I should say, if you look back at last year, again, except for that bad first two weeks, there wasn't too much worry ever. They were just kind of humming along and it was kind of boring because usually you're kind of hoping for some drama, but obviously it didn't turn out the way we wanted playing Tampa Bay. We can talk about that all day long, but the point I'm trying to make here is that I think this team really and truly is maturing. We look at how this team has played in the month of November. I think I said it on the last show. I never expect the Leafs to get any credit and I never expect anyone to feel sorry for the Leafs and no one should feel sorry for any team, but what's flown under the radar because of, because of the success of this team is what they've dealt with. This team has $20 million in defensemen out. Shalgren is their fourth string goalie. Matt Murray was a big question mark <laughs> coming into this year. And I'm not completely sold on Murray. He's been very good, but at the end of the day, there was a lot of negativity surrounding that deal this thing could have got bad. This thing could have got really bad. Like, look at that D. Like, let's step back for a second and look at that D. The fact that this team has put up the record they've put up in the month of November with that defensive core is nuts. And what I attribute that to is a team that's playing excellent team defense. And that ties in with the maturity of the Matthews, the Marners, the Nylanders, those guys that they didn't have before. And I think almost that, that weird thing. I remember people always used to say about the old Red Wings, when you watch them, they're just so tight. Or it's kind of like the German soccer team. They're just so consistent. They're a machine. They're tight. And I got to say, like over the last 10 to 15 games of this Leafs team, I've felt that way. They're just like solid, no mistakes. The goalie makes a big save when he needs to. They're getting timely scoring. Not blowing, not kind of the Seinfeld line, not showing off, but not falling behind. They're just humming along, winning every game. Those three road wins this week were the perfect microcosm of like how people say, oh, that was the perfect road win. Just like solid, consistent, get the saves. Even if you get outplayed a little bit or outskated, fine. Just take advantage. And they did. Yeah, no panic in their game whatsoever. The third I think that's and the fourth word. Good lines word, Bruno. doing that's their the jobs. Panic. Like that, that's one thing that stood out to me when the big guys are scoring on this team, like that's obviously a positive all around because they're going to win games more often than not. But when you have the third and fourth line going out there, playing fast, playing hard, getting on the four check, being responsible defensively, it makes such a big difference, especially when that's happening at the same time as Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, and John Tavares putting up a point per game. Sure. And then you said it, man, with all these D-men out of the lineup, it is crazy. And one guy that never gets enough credit in all this, you know, I think I saw on Twitter, I believe it was probably Jay Fresh, where he released like the fan voting for the Jack Adams Award, Coach oh, of the Year. Yeah. I don't think Sheldon Keefe was in the top 10. Yeah, And I'm not saying that Sheldon <laughs> Keefe should be the favorite right now to win the Jack Adams, but how do people not give this dude the respect that I think he deserves because Riley's out of the lineup. Brody's out of the lineup. Muzzin's out of the lineup. You know, Jordy Ben, whatever. He's a depth guy. He's out of the lineup. Like this defense core 
is in shambles. Mm. At least on paper, it's in shambles. And this team not only continues to win, but continues to be one of the best defensive teams in the NHL. And I tweeted this out after last night's game. The Leafs are now 130, 55, and 24 under Sheldon Keith. You love that side, eh, I love it. I absolutely (laughs) fucking love it, Lepore. Since he took over Toronto in November of 2019, only the Colorado Avalanche and Boston Bruins have a better record. Two teams have a better record than the Leafs over the last 200-plus games under Sheldon Keith. And I know they've done shit in the playoffs. They've lost three playoff series. But can we give this guy some more respect for how well this team has played defensively? And Lepore, it's so funny because everyone was calling for Barry Trotz. Yeah. Sheldon Keith is doing exactly what everyone expected Barry Trotz to do if he had taken over this team. True. Good point. So yeah. I, I'm just I'm just so impressed with how this team is is playing defensively. And and like you said, it's essentially it's a well-oiled machine at this point. Night in and night out. There's no panic. You know what they're going to give you. And who knows? Maybe there might be one or two more blips on the radar throughout the season. But right now, man, it is smooth sailing for this team. So in situations like this, guys, guys have to step up, whether it's your goalie or or a player who gets moved up the lineup. Who would you say during this streak when someone needed to stand up, who stands out the most for you? In the guy that you're like, wow, this guy's a big reason why this team's winning right now. So I want to shout out two guys on defense in particular. I think one is pretty obvious, and that's Mark Giordano. Yeah. Who's making $800,000 a year and now has been thrust into, you know, essentially a top pairing role, playing a ton of minutes, playing minutes that he hasn't really played since he won the Norris Trophy. I believe it was four years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so he, I think he's been fantastic. And Justin Hall, man, Justin on defense. Hall. I think Justin okay. Hall's been good too because everyone loves to shit on Justin Hall. But from what I've seen over the last number of games, he's been doing his job and I think he's been really solid. And again, like Lilligren's been playing well. Same with yeah. Sandine. But those two guys have stood out to me. And then on forward, Callie Yarncroak has been good, man. Yeah. Like outside of the of the core four yarn croak being put on that second line. I think he's done a nice job. Good all around player. So I would say those are the three guys that have, that have stuck out to me again. They're not like star players. They're not flashy, but I think they've been doing a really nice job. How about you? The guy that stands out the most to me, and maybe, maybe it's not a matter of him standing out the most. It's just maybe the one I'm happiest about is Lilligren. Cause I think a lot of Leafs fans were where I was with this kid where they kind of thought it was done. Like that, that whole story of how he got drafted late because of Mono and he was projected to go first overall the year before. So he kind of thought we got a steal and we were always just waiting, like waiting for this like Swedish defenseman to come in and be awesome. And then the glimpses we got, we saw something that was really raw and just not NHL ready every time. You could just tell he was behind the play. His feet couldn't, couldn't keep up with the game. And now I watch him and... I'm just so comfortable with him on the ice, like not doing anything insane, but just doing everything you can ask a player in his, in his position to ask for. And if you look at what he signed for, what Sandine signed for and what Giordano signed for, and we have that going into next year. It's excellent. 
It's excellent. And it's a reason to be optimistic. And for Sandine and Lilligren, we've seen Sandine progress here in the last few weeks. I mean, he was getting shit on a lot because of his slow start. Some people attribute it to not having a training camp. It's a reason to be excited for them. And not to say we got like Pronger and Niedermeyer like in our future, but two very young defensemen who have already shown that they're capable. I, I love it because at the start of the season, you knew that these guys were going to factor in, but you didn't think that they would play this big of a role this early on. Mm-hmm. With all of these injuries, these guys have been forced into this situation to play big minutes, to take on a lot of responsibility, and they have answered the bell. You said it with Timothy Lilligren, man. Every time this guy's on the ice, I'm just so confident he's going to make the right decisions. Yeah. He's not going to make any mistakes. And I shouldn't say not make any mistakes because every defenseman in the league is going to make, you know, one or two mistakes a night. And they look a lot worse, obviously, when they lead to goals. And, yeah. you know, you know, I always laugh when people make fun of defensemen. They're like, oh, he sucks. What a giveaway that was that led to a goal. Like, defensemen make mistakes all the time. They're on the ice more than any other player. They're always under duress, especially when you're going back into your own zone to retrieve the puck and you got to break it out. You're going to make mistakes throughout the game. You're going to give the puck away. Just sometimes it looks a lot worse maybe than it actually is. But with Lilligren, man, I, I'm I'm pretty confident now. Like when I see him on the ice, I'm like, this dude's going to do his job. And again, I, I'm not expecting him to, you know, light the world on fire offensively. Like he's not at, at the same level as Sandine when it comes to like running a power play or, you know, using high-end skill. But man, oh man, he's been so solid. And I'm so happy that these guys are under contract next season for 1.4 million. Like that's an absolute steal for both of those guys. This is, this is a fun one. And Leafs fans comment down below who is owed a greater apology from Leafs nation, Justin Hall for the way he's played the last few weeks or Matt Murray. Oh, easily Matt Murray. Really? Yeah. You think? Okay. Easily Matt Murray. I, I would say it's a, it's, it should be paired. It should be Matt Murray and Kyle Dubas. Okay. Who deserve the biggest apology because man, Laporte, I, I saw honestly, when the Leafs picked up Matt Murray, it was like 85% negativity on social oh, media. Oh fuck. You're lowballing it, Bruno. Am I lowballing that? A I little think bit? you're lowballing it. We were, I mean, Leafs Twitter was not happy because I, not even with the deal and the signing, we all thought we were going to get something for taking him and they, and they cut some salary, but the rumors were like a 50% retain plus something. And then, so with that, it's like, well, then you got to do it. But, and then we just came as like, Hey, we're paying him four and a half million. And they, they did throw us a third round pick. So that's nice. But I don't know. I, I think it, it was really bad as far as Murray's concerned. It's so weird because to me anyway, Murray got hurt early and Samsonov went in. And I kind of forgot that Matt Murray existed. Just, you know, Samsonov was yep, in here doing his thing. And now it's gone the other way with Murray playing well. I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, Samsonov. Like, I just I, I don't know. And I don't know what the team's going to do going forward. They're just going to share the load. But again, like reason to be opt- optimistic. And it's been full blown homer mode so far on this show today. But. The team's on fire. They're one of the one of the high, hottest teams in the league. And again, I, I think it's fair for Leafs fans to be fucking over the moon because if you look at what this team's dealt with, and I don't want to hear that like, oh, every team deals with injuries and they'd be excuses, whatever. No, this is like psychotic. Like what this team's dealt with. 
I hear other fan bases complain, oh, so-and-so is hurt. We have four guys out on the blue line. It's an eight. Like, think of it that way. Two-thirds of your D is AHL. How can you survive? And not only are they surviving, they're winning. So praise the coach. Praise the forwards for their defensive play. Praise the kids that are getting thrown to the wolves. Praise the goalie. I'm okay with all of it. Yeah, and, and going back to Matt Murray for a second, he's 5-1-1 one, and one with a 244 goals against average and a 927 save percentage. Yeah. And looking at moneypuck.com, their goal saved above expected stat, mm. in seven games this season, 4.7 goals saved above expected for Murray and Samsonov in eight games, 4.9 goals saved above expected. Yeah. For a so combined both of those guys have been rock point. stars when they've been in the crease for this team. Yeah. Who's the leader of that? Last time I checked, it was like Sorokin. He's like plus 12 or something. Something. Crazy. Yeah. So right now, you're right. Ilya Sorokin leads the NHL. He has 15 goals <laughs> saved above expected. And again, the stat varies depending on what website you're looking at. I'm looking at moneypuck.com. Okay. There's some other websites where the stats will be, you know, a little bit different. But yeah, right now, Sorokin has been unbelievable but that's like Sam- a goal a game that's nuts it's crazy yeah samsonov um, and murray they sit 11th and 13th respectively right now and again this is just total goals saved above expected like when you look at goals saved above expected per 60 minutes mm. um yeah they're still uh they're still right there 11th and uh and 13th respectively matt murray yeah. and Ilya samsonov so the goaltending's been great defensively they've been, they've been great just to go over some stats right now, the Leafs currently sitting fourth in the NHL in goals against per game, and they are sitting sixth in the league in shots against per game. Crazy. And then five-on-five five save percentage, fourth in the NHL. So this has easily been one of the best defensive teams in the league, and now that you're finally starting to see the offense come around a little bit, so yeah. one stat that I was tracking on our last show, Lapore, the Leafs were 26th in the league in five-on-five shooting percentage a week ago. Okay. And now, over the last three games, they have moved up to 15th in the league in five-on-five shooting percentage over three games. Holy shit. So it just goes to show, like, the five-on-five offense is starting to turn a little bit. And I I said it on the last show, like, this team is going to be a juggernaut once they start scoring at five-on-five. Like, you're going to see this team putting up, you know, the same numbers as the New Jersey Devils because that's what the Devils are doing. They're dominating Mm -hmm. teams at five on five and they're getting goaltending and they're really good defensively. And that's essentially what the Leafs are once they start scoring. So Leafs haters suck it. Oh, Bruno, Bruno was getting excited on the guns. A little excited today. Yeah, Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I I don't think there's much else we can say. Like, is there anything else that's impressed you during this, this run that they're on? Ugh, I think we kind of covered all of it. Again, we pumped a lot of tires and I'm sure made a lot of people upset with how lovey-dovey we sound right now. But good times in Leafland. Good times in Leafland. We'll see you in a few months. But right now, the sun is shining. It's time for a quick break for a word from Manscaped. It's never too early to play holiday music and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a friend or the friends in your pants, you can make this a season to be jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the Lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. (laughs) Then add in Manscaped's top of the line shower products to have the people thinking, 
All I want for Christmas wow. is you. Wow. So go to Manscaped.com and use our promo code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. Lapore, all I want for Christmas is some more Manscaped products. Well, I don't know what to do now. I mean, you saying I can't upstage that. But I will say Christmas time, everyone, you want to get uh, the men in your life a gift they'll appreciate and they'll use. So why not give them Manscaped products? There's nothing more useful than, than, than a tool that can keep your balls clean. Manscaped's the best. Go to the website, promo code GFP20, 20% off and free shipping. You can't go wrong. Manscaped has so many great products from the Lawnmower 4.0 to the shower stuff to the boxers. Best. the nose and ear trimmer it's just incredible stuff so get 20 percent off and free shipping using the promo code gfp20 at vanscape.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping using our promo code gfp20 at manscaped.com the holidays are almost here and there is plenty of t-shirt cheer thanks to true classic tees fellas we have the perfect gift for your wish list true classic tees are a gift for you and a great present for any guy in your life true classic is on a mission to maximize men's confidence by making them look good trust me when i say this is a gift the ladies will appreciate too true classic has already helped over two million men look great in their tees and now you can save big while you do so get 25 percent off true classic using our promo code GFP or head down to the description of this video and use our exclusive link, trueclassictees.com forward slash GFP. And the discount doesn't stop there. You'll save even more during their site-wide sale. Lapore, I love these t-shirts. Bruno, I am one of those people who it doesn't matter how many push-ups I do, how much I do on the bench press. I don't gain any size. We're not all fortunate like Mr. Anthony Bruno to be born an absolute Adonis. So some of us need help. But since trying on these true classic tees, I fear no more because I look great. I'm not going to go as far as say I look jacked because now we're going overboard because I'm really skinny. But I got to say it does help a little, a little bit. So gentlemen, take all the help you can get. Go to trueclassictees.com. Grab a few of these things. Even if you want to buy a small amount of them just to try them out, you will not be disappointed. They will be your new go-to t-shirt. These t-shirts are the best. They fit so well, like nice and snug in the upper body, on the arms and the shoulders. But then as you kind of go down, it's it's not tight around your midsection. So it doesn't matter which body type you have, all right? Whether it's a dad bod, whether you have a more athletic physique, whether you're more on the skinny side, you can find a t-shirt here that is gonna work for you. And that's why I love this company. So get 25% off at trueclassictees.com forward slash GFP. Free shipping is included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassictees.com using the promo code GFP. Fellas, are you looking for a new watch that you don't have to spend an arm and a leg on? Well, say hello to our friends at Vincero. If you aren't familiar with Vincero yet, they make exceptionally crafted and stylish watches at affordable prices. Other premium handcrafted watches don't fit the everyday person's budget. You can finally own a high quality and lasting timepiece without going broke. So if you're looking for the perfect holiday gift to help elevate your style or someone you love, get 20% off and free shipping with our promo code GFP or use the exclusive link in the description of this video 
vincerocollective.com forward slash GFP. Lapore, these watches are so sick. Bruno, like, look at this watch. Guys, like, look at this watch. You can wear this with your jeans and a t-shirt. You can wear this watch with your tuxedo. And that's what I love about the Vincero products. You go through them, you can dress them up, you can dress them down. They're versatile. And as Bruno said, they don't break the bank. So if you want something that's high quality for not a high-end price, hit up Vincero, everyone. These watches are just so nice. The quality is off the charts. The look is amazing. Clean, this is the man. Altitude. Lepore is rocking the Kairos. Just phenomenal watches. Absolutely love these from Vincero. So don't wait or it's going to be too late. Get 20% off and free shipping with our exclusive link, VinceroCollective.com forward slash GFP. Just go to the website and use the promo code GFP for 20% off and free shipping. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. If you like to bet on sports, you absolutely need BetStamp, the best app to help you become a more profitable sports better. So go download BetStamp immediately and use our referral code GFP. The main reason you need it is for line shopping. BetStamp allows you to line shop for the most valuable odds on each wager and therefore maximize your potential profit as a better. So if you're betting on the Toronto Maple Leafs, you can't just go to one sports book. You got to look across the board to see who's offering you the most value, whether that's on the money line or the puck line. And also the importance of having multiple sports books, because if you have multiple sports books, you're able to access the best prices and bet stamp, as I alluded to, streamlines this process for users. Lapore, BetStamp is such a good tool for sports bettors. Guys, as Bruno and I have said on the pod, there's been a lot of unpredictability in the National Hockey League this year. Good teams are losing, bad teams are winning. So it's hard. It is hard to bet. It is hard to be a successful better. So why not take advantage of the help you can line shop with BetStamp? And one other thing that BetStamp does that's fantastic is that it allows you to connect with all the major sports books right. and it allows you to link your account so your wagers from all those sports books automatically sync right into the app. So, so download the app and use our referral code GFP. I will have it linked down in the description. Betstamp is the way to go if you're a sports better and you actually want to make some money betting on sports. All right, we got to talk about Mitch Marner for a second. We Lepore. do. He has been unbelievable, okay? So just to go over some numbers, I'm sure you're all aware of the point streak. He is riding a 17-game point streak. He is one off the franchise record held by Daryl Sittler and Eddie Olchek. So hopefully Marner can, can get there in the next game. That would be awesome to see. And what might be even more impressive than the point streak he has recorded a point in 23 of 24 games this season. This dude has been ridiculous. And it's always Austin Matthews who gets the credit. He won the Hart Trophy last year. He's the best goal scorer in the NHL as far as I'm concerned, even though his numbers are down a little bit this season. Marner just never seems to get the same respect as Matthews, despite... Outproducing Matthews in points, I, I don't know how many years he's done it, but he's done it at least three or four times where he's been the Leafs' leading scorer. 
And now to see what he's doing this season, it's incredible, man. Like we're witnessing, we're witnessing on We're witnessing greatness right now with Mitch Marner. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but to record a point in 23 of 24 games this season is just absurd. He's on fire. He looks good offensively. He looks good defensively. Mitch Marner, I don't know if there's ever been a player during my time with the Toronto Maple Leafs who you can just tell by his body language how he's playing and how things are going for him. And you can, I mean, that's a bad thing. Like, let's say what it is. But like you could tell early in the year that he wasn't shooting as much. His confidence wasn't there. He looked kind of mopey. And now you're watching watching him, and he's like a puppy having a blast in the park. He's just doing what he's doing, whatever he wants. He looks great. I say on this show, not enough attention gives is given to him being a back to back first team all star. I, I mentioned to my buddy the other day. I've been meaning to look up how many players and who were they have been back to back first team all stars in the National Hockey League. I'm pretty sure they're all. I, I bet they're they're all Hall of Famers. Like any guy who was able to pull that off. And now with the, the way he's playing, who knows? Maybe he'll get a third year in a row. He's scoring on a crazy pace. It looks like he's going to break this record. I guess if he does get to 18 and 19 games, the next one to look out for is Gretzky's record of 51 oh, in a wow. row. <laughs> LOL. And then that would be something for Lee's fans to get excited about, right? But uh, no, he, he's been great. He's been great. And as far as the credit goes, it's just hilarious. It's hilarious. Like I hear, I hear stuff all the time about how great certain players are. And again, like Marner gets pumped. Everyone knows Marner is a great player, but I don't think people, I think a lot of people still kind of put him in that B group of star players in the, in the national hockey league. It's like, no, this guy is a slam dunk, a group player in this league. And I think of two things. I think of number one, if Canada was, if a team Canada was being made, it's like, no, Marner's, it's not even a thought. Mitch, Mitch Marner's on the team. And I mean, that says a lot. And the second thing is you mentioned always like the comparisons to Matthews, which are true and which can happen when you're playing with another great player. And in a city like Toronto, things are going to be different, but on how many teams would Mitch Marner be the most explosive offensive player? Probably almost, almost all of them, at least more than half, right? So I'm not going to full-blown say like Marner doesn't get the credit he deserves, but I will say that among Leafs fans, he's really and truly underappreciative, underappreciated. And like I've made the point on the show when it comes to Marner, the thing I fear is he kind of falls in that realm of you're not going to realize how good something is until it's gone. And that's not me saying, okay, he's going to be traded or leave him for agency, but even say he has a lifelong career with the Leafs and he retires I think sometimes we don't realize how good things are when they're happening, like historically good. They are. I think that's, that's, what's going to happen to Marner. Like when people, I always come back with when people are like, Oh, Marner has to get traded. I'm like, you realize he's literally like top five players in the history of the organization, an organization that's been around for a hundred years. I think you're just going to trade him. So I see, I see that happening with Mitch, but as far as his play goes, again, there's nothing to be bothered about. His confidence is sky high. He's playing with a smile on his face. And I think that's what Leafs fans are really happy about. Because, again, he is an emotional guy. And some people have made the point that he's not suited to play in Toronto because the pressure gets to him. And him being a Toronto boy, he feels the weight on his shoulders and he just can't handle it. But right now, anyway, 
He looks amazing. He looks great. Matthews and Marner are both in year seven in the NHL. So they both played six seasons. Marner's led the team in scoring three times, and Matthews has led the team in scoring three times. I'm talking about total points here. Okay. So, you know, it just goes back to the fact that people just sometimes don't really put it in in perspective just how good this guy's been. Mm. Like, he's led the team in scoring three out of the six seasons that him and Matthews have been in the league together. It's it's just so impressive. As you mentioned, Lapore, back-to-back first-team All-Stars. There's not many guys who can do that. There's a lot of really good players, a lot of star players in the league that have not done that. Yeah. So Marner, man, shout out to him. He's been incredible. Laporte, is this crazy? Is there a chance that Mitch Marner can win the Hart Trophy this season Whoa. as league MVP? And it sounds a little bit crazy. Uh, and I think the sports books are telling us that we're a little bit crazy for bringing this up because I'm looking at the odds right now. Yeah. Connor McDavid is the is the favorite, as he should be. The guy's Shocking. leading the league in scoring. He's the best player in the world. Yep. He's plus 110. Austin Matthews is second at plus 750. And Nathan McKinnon is third at plus 1,200, 12 to 1. Mm-hmm. Laporte, there are 15 players ahead of Mitch Marner right now on the betting board for okay. the Hart Trophy. Mitch Marner, at this very moment that we are recording, Lapore, is 40 to 1 to win the Hart Trophy. Wow. Now, obviously, it's going to be very difficult for him to win the Hart Trophy with 40 to 1 odds. Like the books are telling us, it's not a great bet, but he has points in 23 of 24 games this season. This is a guy that can put up 100 to 110 points. Is there a. Is there an avenue <laughs> that Mitch Marner can actually pull this off and win the Hart Trophy this season? It's all as the as the books are saying, it's a long shot, a very long shot. But then it's funny because we just finished saying he's a back to back first team All Star. So why is that a hot take, really, when you think of it that way? But when you were going over the odds, I couldn't help but think. I mean, if someone gave me a hundred bucks. And said, okay, you can put your money in two places with regard to the Hart Trophy. I'd put a hundred bucks on McDavid, and then I'd put a hundred bucks at a long shot like Marner at 40 to one. And like going back to last year, it's a perfect example. To win the Hart Trophy, again, the misinterpretation is always that the best player in the league wins the league MVP. And it's not, it's the guy who has the best season. Last year, this is a Leafs podcast, everybody. Connor McDavid is better at hockey than Austin Matthews is. I'm, o- I'm okay saying that, and I can say that confidently. But Matthews had a historical goal-scoring season, so he was going to get it. People are going to remember the 60 goals, so he was going to get the Hart Trophy. So I think with Marner, for him to get really and truly in the conversation, I mean, of course, he's got to be like super high in the scoring, if not be the leading scorer. And he's what, like 10 or 11 points behind McDavid. So good luck catching Connor McDavid in that scope. But the point streak, like if the point streak got crazy, where we're at like 25, 30, whatever games, that could be something that people could look back and be like, yeah, that deserves a league MVP. But 
again, like now, now we're really reaching and you can say that about a lot of guys. What I mean by that is like, what ifs? Well, what if so-and-so scores as many goals or so-and-so has a scoring streak or what if Carlson puts up a hundred points or what if this goalie puts up a nine three Oh save percentage. So I don't see it happening, but like I said, that's where my money would go. Like, like I'll ask you this, you're given a hundred bucks. Would you put it on Matthews at seven to one or Marner at 40 to one? I'd put it on Marner at 40 me too. to one. The yeah, way that too. they're playing right now. I just think it makes a lot more sense. Now, obviously, the sports books are telling us that Matthews has a way better chance to win the Hart Trophy. The guy just won it last year. He was the runner-up the year before that. Mm. But the way they're playing right now, I think Marner is totally mispriced at 40-1. to Okay. And I think this is what it's going to take. So, first of all, obviously, he's competing against his teammate to win the MVP. So, if Matthews Matthews scores 50, catches fire puts up another 100-point season, and the Leafs are like a top-three team in the league, Matthews is going to have another good chance to win the Hart Trophy. But here's what it's going to take for for Marner. He's going to need Matthews to stay under 50 goals. He's going to have to lead the Leafs in scoring for the fourth time. And then he's going to need McDavid not to go wild and lead the league in scoring by 25 points. And then he's probably also going to need the Leafs to win the President's Trophy, which is very much still in play. So he just needs a lot of things to go right. And then as you said, Lepore, if that point streak gets out of control and we're talking about 25, 27 games, now we're talking because yeah. if we're if we're talking about breaking history, setting records, that's what Matthews did last season. I know 60 goals isn't a record or anything, but it's something that only three guys in the last, you know, what has it been, 15, 20 years have actually accomplished. Right, So it's going to take all of the stars to align for Marner to pull something off like this. But I think it's it's certainly in the realm of possibility. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. But if you have a few bucks sitting around and you want to you know, throw a couple darts, I think Marner at 40 to 1 to win a Hart Trophy isn't too bad at all. There's a lot worse ways, honestly, to spend your money when it comes to betting on sports. I'll throw this one at you. If you had to bet for his career... For his entire career, will Mitch Marner win a Hart Trophy and or an Art Ross Trophy? You know what? I'm gonna say that's that's a tough question. I'm gonna say he w- I'm gonna say he wins one. Really? Ooh. And, and here's the thing: if if he does, I think he's like he can win the Art Ross every year. Mitch Marner, like I think he's you know he's you mean he's you mean he's, he can contend for it? You mean yeah? Like yeah. he's one of the top point producers in the league not going back to his rookie season, but over the last three or four years, and we were talking about this before we came on, Lepore, over the last calendar year, well, I should say since January 1st of this year, Mitch Marner's the third leading scorer in the NHL. McDavid's number one, Kachuk is number two. Crazy. And Marner's number three. And even if you want to look at points per game over the last three to four years, total points over the last three to four years, like Marner's one of the leading scorers. And I think if he does win the Art Ross one year, that's probably going to come with a Hart Trophy as well. Yeah, that, That's kind of my mentality about that. So if, if you're setting the over-under at 0.5 Hart slash Art Ross <laughs> trophies for Mitch Marner in his career, I'll, I'll take the over. I don't feel okay. like amazing about it, but I'll I'll take the over on it. I like it. I like it. I think if, if I'm being honest with myself, I think I would bet against it. Not that I don't think he's capable, but I just think it's just hard. 
with guys like you have McDavid, McDavid exists. And even too, I guess McDavid, who knows? Like I remember thinking when McDavid came in the league, so Gretzky's won the most heart trophies with nine and he's won the art Ross 10 times. And we're thinking when McDavid came into the league, man, he could pass that. Like he, he looks so good early and he still, he was still a kid and who knows what he'll end up being. And he still very well could, but then you kind of realize kind of like to my point before where, okay, Matthews can have an incredible year. There can be a defense who has an incredible year, a goalie. Now in comes Connor Bedard next year. So I'm sure within five years, like, like he'll be in contention for them. So I think it's hard to do. So like, I would bet no, if there's one, I would say the art Ross, cause he could have a year where he just goes bananas points wise. And I'm sure like, again, people are flaring their arms up thinking we're crazy, but like you made the point in the last 12 months, like that's, that's not a small sample size. That's a legitimate sample size in the last 12 months, third and scoring is what three or four points behind McDavid. So he's capable. It's just, I'd probably give it to that one. I'd still bet against it, but if it was one, I would say it's the Art Ross. And one other stat, Lepore, since the start of the 2020-21 season, so this is going back two years ago. So this is over the last two years in the first quarter of this season. The four leading scorers in the NHL, Connor McDavid, number one, by 40 points. That's all. For Leon Dreisaitl. That's all. So Dreisaitl's number two. Matthews is number three and Marner's number four. So those are your top four leading scores in the NHL over the last 150 plus games. Yeah. So is what it is. These, these are numbers, everyone. I mean, it's numbers don't lie. So hundred bucks on Mitch Marner for the heart. Bruno, what do you say? We'll go 50 each. We're both putting a hundred bucks on Mitch Marner to win the heart trophy this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could very well be lighting our money on fire, but that would be great. Yeah, I already have money on the Leafs to win the President's Trophy. Do you really? I do. I, I bet on the Leafs to win the President's Trophy before the season. Like six to one or something? I think it was like eight to one. Sure. Okay. That I got That's them at. And they're right around the same number now. I, I saw them at like plus 750. Okay. It, it doesn't look great considering how hot the Devils and Bruins are. Yeah, I expect both of them to slow down. Like they're both playing at just an absolutely absurd pace. Yeah, they're not going to put up like 140 points, everyone. Exactly. But right now, the Leafs have the fifth best record in the NHL. So I think my bet is uh, is alive and well, honestly. Yeah, not bad. I'm sure you were nervous a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, a few weeks ago, I was like, well, I lit my money on fire. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the boys are the boys have got my back, Lapore. So yeah, that's yeah, the motivation. Why not? That's the motivation. Uh, that's the motivation in the locker room for the Leafs right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they want to win my president's trophy back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Lapore, we got to talk about Connor McDavid for a second. Sure, and talked about McJesus, and it's not about Connor McDavid being the best player in the world, and he scored another highlight reel goal and made another highlight reel play the other night. Like, it's not about that. There's something kind of crazy going on, and Leon Dreisaitl is lumped into this as well. So McDavid leads the league in scoring. Dreisaitl right now is fourth in the league in scoring. And as I said, over the last four years, those are the two leading scorers. I'm sure if I went back five, probably even six years, they're the top two leading scorers in the league. But something that is so weird is that these guys are not producing at an elite level at five on five. Yeah. It's one of the most bizarre things I think you'll you'll see honestly in hockey right now. Like it's actually insane. 
So looking at the leaders in five-on-five scoring, and first of all, you'll be even more shocked by who the top two leading scorers are at five-on-five. It's Sidney Crosby and Eric Carlson. Let's go. Let's go. Two 30-plus-year-old vets leading the NHL in five-on-five points. It's just incredible. Then when we look at the Leafs, we have Nylander and Matthews, who are sitting around 50th. They both have 12 five-on-five points. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. McDavid has 11 five-on-five points, sitting 62nd in the league. And Dreisaitl has nine five-on-five points, sitting at 114th in the NHL. Is this what like is this not one of the craziest things we've seen in hockey, Lapore? Like, how does this even make any sense? Yeah, it t- typically, I think I'm like most hockey fans when something really jumps off the page, your brain quickly goes to, okay, well, this is why, or this is why this is not happening. I have no idea why McDavid and Drysidel kind of lag behind when it comes to five on five scoring. I know it's caused the heads to explode of a few of the big advanced stats guys on Twitter because they can't figure it out either. But again, one of those things, comment down below if you have a theory as to why these guys aren't just lighting it up five on five like you'd expect them to. Um, I've wondered if maybe, because I guess too, like we'd have to look up like five on five points for like 60 minutes of ice time or something. Like maybe they're playing, I'm just throwing something out there, an idea. Maybe they're playing all two minutes of uh, their team's power plays and they get less ice five on five. And that affects the numbers a little bit. I just, I don't know. Or maybe it's a style of play thing where, okay, because they're scoring on the power play, that's where they get their goals and that's how their team set up and they're reliant on it. Not to say they're not trying five on five, but just there's a certain focus on taking advantage of the power play. I I don't know. Like I I, I wish I had an answer. I already said on this show, I think Connor McDavid's the best player in the world. And the best player in the world should be scoring five on five, not just on the power play three on three. And when the goalie's pulled, but I, I don't have an answer. I, I really and truly don't like we were talking last week about three on three overtime and players who were better suited and who are not suited for it. Like, I'm not going to say Connor McDavid is not suited for five on five play, but just, I mean, you take a player off the ice or if you, put him in a three-on-three situation. There's just so much ice. So it's like, oh my God, this is just gung-ho for him. Like this is like totally fits him. Whereas five-on-five, again, it's a different game. It's not as much of a transition game. We're not in the 80s where guys are scoring on the rush as much as uh, the guys aren't just scoring on the rush. And I mean, it has picked up in the National Hockey League post-lockout, but I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out there. And again, like these are stats. These are numbers. He At the end of the day, he only has, again, think of it, this entire season, this entire season, Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid only has five assists, five on five. Like that should happen by accident with, with the amount of ice time he probably gets. So I don't know. It confuses me. And as I turn to you, Bruno, I hope you have an explanation. <laughs> I, I would like to think I have a little bit of an explanation. And it's kind of awesome. crazy because this is going back now a couple of seasons. I will yeah. say, Three seasons ago, so the 2020-2021 season, McDavid led the league in five-on-five points. But last year, he led the league in scoring with 123 points, but finished seventh 
in five on five scoring. Okay. And Drysaddle last year, who also you know went crazy at 110 points, was ninth in five on five scoring. So number one, the Oilers are just outrageously good on the power play. Mm-hmm. Like I think they have the best power play in the NHL now. When you're just looking at at raw numbers in terms of the team that has the best power play. I check this from time to time. Right now, it is the Colorado Avalanche operating at just under 34%. Wow, that's high. Holy shit. That's that's really high. So you got Colorado at a shade under 34%. Then you have the Bruins, the Dallas Stars, shout out Jason Robertson. Okay. And the Edmonton Oilers. Actually, the Oilers and Stars have the exact same power play percentage, 28.8%. Wow. In my opinion despite how great Colorado is and Boston, like if you're giving me one power play, like you're saying, you know, a million dollars, you need this team to score on the power play. Who are you taking? I'm honestly, I'm taking the Edmonton Oilers because every time I watch that power play, it feels like they're going to score just because of big David and dry settle. Like it almost doesn't matter which defenseman is out there, which other forwards are out there. Those two are absurd. The way that, McDavid moves around on the power play and always has the ability to to make that cross ice feed to Drysidle, who has an insane one timer. But then Drysidle is also one of the best passers in the NHL, so he can pull off the same thing from the other side. So that's that's my first reason for this is that they are so damn good on the power play. And McDavid and Drysidle this year, half of their points have come on the power play, and it you know was the same last year essentially, the year before that. And, you know, not exactly half of their points, but a a shitload of their points have come on the power play. Number two, whenever these guys are in three-on-three overtime or when they have the goalie pulled and it's six-on-five, they always find a way to produce, especially in three-on-three overtime. Like, watch the Oilers in three-on-three. It seems like McDavid and Drysaddle, whenever they win a game, one or both of those guys are involved in the winning goal. So they get a lot of their points that way, but it's still, it still is mind boggling to me that they are this low this season, you know, despite how high they are on the raw point total board right now. Like it's, it's insane. How do they only have, what was, what was the number again? I have it written down. How do they only have 11 and nine, five on five points? You want to know something that's crazy, Lapore? Zach Hyman has more five on five points <laughs> than Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle this season. Yeah, how was that, that big thing? How was that possible? What was that big thing last year? Bunting had more five on five points than uh, than McDavid leaves. Yeah, I was actually just looking one. at it. Bunting tied Connor McDavid last season in five on five points when it was all yeah. said and done. Just just absurd. So it's wild. Uh, hopefully, there's someone smarter than us that can tell us exactly why this is happening. Like, I don't want to say that McDavid and Dreisaitl suck at five on five. Like, that's just stupid to say. I'm sure people will take this video that way, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... exactly. Oilers fans are always ready to attack us in the comments. But uh, yeah, it's it's just, it's mind boggling. And if, if the trend is going to continue from last season, now we're seeing it bleed into this season, it's going to be more of the same where these guys are going to lead the league in scoring and finish like eighth in five on five scoring. So it's, mm. it's wild. Yeah. Um, Lapore, anything else you want to get off your chest before we wrap up this podcast? I just want to touch on the idea. Like, you, you, I want to expand on the point you made before about Crosby and Eric Carlson. 
we're in a league now that everyone talks about youth and speed and people correlate the youngest team with being the best team because they're fast. You made my heart feel warm, Bruno, warm and fuzzy when you said that Crosby and Carlson have the most five on five points in the league. These are two guys who are on the wrong side of 30. Crosby had people forget about Crosby's concussion issues. Carlson had that Achilles injury. He had that ankle and slash foot injury. People thought Carlson's career was done, was done. I forget which article it was last year or two years ago that ranked the worst contracts in the National Hockey League in terms of player value. And they had him as like the top, as in the worst. Brutal. But it's great to see, man. It's great to see. It's it's great stories. I mean, you're always looking for stories in the leagues you follow. Here you have Eric Carlson, a guy who like didn't find his spot in San Jose. And people were questioning him. He was shat on a lot. He's like one of, if not, is he, is he still the highest paid defenseman in the NHL? It was 11.5 million. 11.5. And he's on the books for four more years after this season. Yeah. Like people didn't know what San Jose was going to do with that. And now he's lighting it up and he looks like he's uh, on a path to his third Norris trophy, which again, like, which I'd be totally happy for, totally happy for. And it's weird because. I've asked about Carlson and I'll get your answer on this, Bruno. He came out like a flyer. The guy was a super elite player. The two Norris trophies. He was a slam dunk for the hall of fame slam dunk. Like the way his first, like the first third or half of us of his career was. And then I'm not going to say he wouldn't have made the hall of fame, but it's kind of the whole thing of, I kind of feared was what have you done for me lately? And like, how will you be remembered? And I kind of had this thing in my brain that, if he keeps going the way he's going, he might not because there's going to be more bad than good to talk about. And that's not me saying that at that point, I didn't think he should be in the hall of fame. I just kind of worried about that. And now with the way he's playing, if he can turn his career, he's turned his career around so far this season. Anyway, it appears that way. And if he can get his hands on another Norris trophy, it's a great story. It's awesome. And then, I mean, the, the Hall of Fame thing will be over with, with three Norris trophies and with them so sep- so uh, separate uh, separate in his career. But awesome stuff, man. Uh, and Sid. Sid's the boss. Sid's the boss. You can say McDavid's the best player in the world, but in my eyes, this is still Crosby's NHL. A good friend of mine in the tennis world told me, no matter who won tournaments, no matter what the rankings were, Roger Federer was the boss. When you walked to get your meal or you were in the locker rooms or a hotel party, when Roger Federer was the boss. And I see Sidney Crosby the same way. It's Sidney Crosby's league. He's the one that who should always be looked at and paid attention to more than anyone else. And I love him, man. Like, uh, I, I told, I, I'm fully okay admitting I have a man crush on Sidney Crosby. I love the way he plays. I love the way he works. Awesome, man. Carlson and Crosby. Awesome stuff in the National Hockey League this year. Isn't it interesting how the great ones always seem to keep going, even when you think they have nothing left in the tank? Yeah. You know, you go throughout history, look at any sport, the great ones, the Hall of Famers, the players that you remember, just when you think they might not have anything left in the tank, they continue to amaze you. And that's what we're seeing with Sidney Crosby and Eric Carlson. Now, are the San Jose Sharks a great team? No, they're not. But Eric Carlson is putting on an absolute show. Are the Pittsburgh Penguins one of the best teams in the NHL? No, they're not. But they're a damn good team, still, in my opinion. And 
they're they're going to make a run at the playoffs, and I think they'll probably end up making the playoffs this season. But man, Sidney Crosby, just incredible. I echo everything you said, especially about Crosby. Always been a huge fan of that guy, and it's just amazing to see those two guys at their age. You know, ten years ago they were looked at as you know the best player in the world and the best defenseman in the world. Yeah, and now you know they look like two of the best players in the league again in their 30s. So it's incredible, man. I will ask you, Bruno, I, I will ask you. So there's always been that thing with awards and not to fully get in this hole, but there's, there's always been that thing with awards of, oh, did the player make the playoffs? Like I've always heard the argument that people have the argument that you can't win the Hart Trophy if your team didn't make the playoffs. You can't win the Norris if your team didn't make the playoffs. Are we going to listen to that chatter this year with Carlson? Unfortunately, his numbers I think are crazy. His numbers people are, crazy. are going to because San Jose is so bad. Like they're <laughs> they're not going to make the playoffs. But if this guy puts up like I don't know, eighty five to ninety points, and it's going to take like Kale McCarr and Yossi and Yossi. whoever else yeah. you want to mention, it's going to take like those offensive guys to kind of have like you know. Not down years, but just have worse years offensively than Eric Carlson. Yeah. But, but if he leads all D men in scoring this year and score, and, and then on top of the point totals, if he scores like, I don't know, 25 goals. Yeah. The goals is a big thing too. Yeah. Like, man, it's going to be hard to, to keep that guy out of the Norris conversation. So okay. just incredible. Right. Lapore, that is going to do it for episode 82 of the Gluttons for Punishment podcast, or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast, hosted by Michael Lepore and Anthony Bruno. There's nothing else that we could have said about the Leafs on this podcast. They are <laughs> humming along, 14-5-5, and five, looking like a juggernaut. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. So we'll see where they are in about a week from now when we come on here and do our next show, but I would assume that the Leafs are still going to be humming along. Yeah, because I'm a Leaf fan, and so is Michael Lapore, and so are most of you listening to this right now. Or there's going to be a, a lot of comments in the realm of this aged well. <laughs> oh, I love the that that aged well. The People comment one. on my videos from like 27 months ago. This aged well. Shut <laughs> yeah. the hell up. What the hell Amazing. is wrong with you? Look at the timestamp on the video. People for the win. Unbelievable. All right, man. So until then. Go Leafs go. And I should mention, I always mention this at the end of every podcast. Give us a five-star rating on both Apple and Spotify. Do it. And then on YouTube, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, ring the notification bell, leave a comment down below. We would appreciate that more than you could ever imagine. Yeah. For Michael Lapore, I'm Anthony Bruno. Go Leafs go. And we will see you in the next one. Thanks, everyone. Oh,